Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is Rob DeLuca from UFO. You're listening to Talking Metal. Molson Canadian presents Heavy Montreal. August 7th, 8th, and 9th, outdoors at Parche Entrepot. Featuring Slipknot, Faith No More, Corn, and Alexis on Fire. Three full days of rock and metal with Lamb of God, Iggy Pop, No FX, Billy Talent, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup, visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Before we get into the episode, please consider making a PayPal donation to support what I do here with the Talking Metal Podcast. You can do that by going to TalkingMetal.com and using the PayPal tab. Another thing you can do to support us is use our Amazon links in the show notes for today's episode and right on TalkingMetal.com. We have links that take you over to Amazon. Use that link before making your purchase. Basically, all that happens is it just links you over to Amazon, and for some odd reason, they give us a little kickback. I'm not sure why they do it, but they do it, and you guys have been great with that, and I really appreciate the uh, the support with your Amazon purchases. All right, now let's get into the episode with some very special guests, Anthony Esposito and Rob DeLuca. All right, guys, let's get into some classic stuff right now. First, we'll hit a classic by Rob DeLuca. This is Switchblade Serenade by Spread Eagle, Rob DeLuca's band. And we'll follow that up with an Anthony Esposito classic from Lynch Mob. Thank you. 
Switchblade Serenade by Spread Eagle, followed by River of Love by Lynch Mob. And without further ado, let's get right into our interview with the bassist on that last track, River of Love. This is Anthony Esposito, formerly of Lynch Mob, Ace Frehley's band, and many, many others. Let's get right into talking with him right now, and then after that, we will hear from Rob DeLuca. Hey, this is Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and on the line we have Anthony Esposito. Hey, Anthony, thanks for checking in with us today. Oh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling. How you doing? Good, man. I was thrilled when I hopped on Facebook yesterday and saw your announcement that you are the new bassist in a band that I really like, Red Dragon Cartel, and just wanted to call and congratulate you and find out how all this came about. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, excited to be a part of, uh, of Jake's The Dragon Cartel. Um, I guess how, I mean, I have, I, I have a lot of ties with Jake. Um, the guy who produced, uh, uh The Red Dragon Cartel co-produced it with Jake was, uh, an old friend of mine in New York, uh, Ron Mancuso. And, right, sure. um, so I mean I, I had been being notified along the, all the process of the, the entire way while they were doing the record and all that. Ron, Ron, Ron and I talk every once in a while. Um, my son Tyler, uh, who's also a recording engineer in his own right, he worked on the CD with Jake. Uh, they they were like he was working on the guitar solos and stuff with Jake, recording them, and him and Jake became close friends. Wow. And uh, so my son goes, I just got a text from Jake. Jake's interested. He wants to know if you want to play in my Dragon Cartel. Here are the dates. <laughs> so, wow. so my son actually was the uh, the middleman on, on the deal. But I mean, I know Jake. I mean, Lynch Mob was very close to Badlands in style sure. and uh, that era. And. I was I was close and friends with Ray in the beginning, um, knowing Ray from New York, and I, I loved Ray dearly. He was a good special friend to me when I first started out with Lynch Mob, and I'd always run into him at the limelight or the cat club or back in the New York days, and he always had the biggest glowing smile and the biggest hello and a big hug. And um, then when he started playing with Jake. I didn't really know Jake that well until we did a, um, George, Nick, and I did a Grand Prix race 
for MTV when we used to have the rock and jock stuff. Yeah, right. And we right. did a couple of we did a couple of these Grand Prix races uh, where we actually raced in the, right before the Indy car race. Wow! <laughs> to throw a bunch of musicians in cars and let them go free on the track. But uh, we, um, I got to know Greg and Jake because they, I guess they didn't want to put Ray behind the wheel of anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just Jake and Ray, and uh, I got to know them during the whole. Uh, he would do charities and go to children's hospitals and do benefit jam sessions at like theaters and stuff. And then we were doing these races to raise money for charity and stuff. And so, so I got to hang out with the both of them uh, for a few days and I got to know Jake and, uh, you know, as soon as I got to know him, we, we sort of hit it off really well and became really good friends. And so when he called, it was, I, I didn't even hesitate when uh, Tyler said, my son told me, he's like, do you be interested in playing? I was like, yep. And wow. I didn't even ask anything. It was just automatic. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, that yeah, goes without saying. And uh, I always admired the way that the things that he did were um, presented and constructed. Like, I always, I always admired his credibility and... Uh, that that's that's a very attractive asset to, to me. I don't really pick many gigs, but uh, the ones I do, I, I really have to get into the two. And uh, and it was a no-brainer. It was an immediate decision. I didn't care about anything else. So I was like, yep. And he just texted me dates. He actually texted me the next day after Tyler told me and sent uh, me dates and the songs I needed to learn. And that was it. Off to go. So will you be flying out to Vegas to do rehearsals with them, or how's that going to work? No, I think we're rehearsing in Florida a couple of days before the first gig. Okay, okay, cool. And obviously, the Red Dragon Cartel, they've gone through a, a lot of changes, you know, within like, probably like the last six to eight months. we've you're, you're probably the third bass player, I think, in the last eight months, and they just lost their singer, Darren, too. So this almost kind of seems like a new beginning for the band. Is is that something that concerns you that there's been so many people in and out of the band within the last like eight months? Um, no, not really. I I, I look at it as uh, I actually saw them play live in Philly out by my house, and uh, Greg was playing bass. He's great. I mean, right. I love Greg from the Badlands days. He's a great bass player. Absolutely. So I never saw Ron play bass with them. Uh, I enjoyed that show a lot. Um, I'm not really so concerned about the, the changing number thing and all that, because it kind of like happened before I joined. Yeah. Uh, I had no input or say or anything any of that, you know, I'm joining, I'm, I'm joining and playing at one of the greatest rock guitar players there is. So yeah, absolutely. That's how I look at it. I mean, it, it it's not a matter of anything else. I'm excited just to play with Jake. I'm excited to play live again. I haven't played live since I played with Ace, and that was, I don't know, two years, three years ago. Right. Uh, and and the next time I get to go on stage, I get to play on my left, and there's Jake ripping it. So it's pretty pretty good. Uh, pretty good company there yeah well again congratulations i mean it just seems like such a, a a logical fit you and you and jake i mean like you said lynch mob and badlands kind of were of that same era and kind of 
were something special to a lot of us back in those days. So it, it totally makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we're not. We weren't really hair metal bands. We were more just blues based rock bands that you know were kind of the same ilk. They they went uh, they went about it a different way, and we went about it a different way. But there are lots of similarities to the two bands. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And can we expect maybe some other songs, do you think, to be thrown into the set list now that you're coming on board? Maybe some Badlands songs that we haven't heard or or maybe some other... I, I don't know what the set list was yeah. before. Uh, so I don't know what, what, what the changes or the alterations would be. Okay. I love Badlands. The problem with Badlands, I would think, would be Ray was... Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, I think that would probably be in whoever chooses to sing, whether song by song, what's in their comfort zone, because uh, Ray was a special guy. He was a great singer. So, your history with Ray, being from the New York area, you guys, before either one of you had kind of broken big with with bands you definitely knew of each other and and were friendly you were saying yeah but but badlands first record came out before Winspot. like they that record came out before i was even in Winspot. and then we did wicked and then we do highway came out i think after wicked okay but for the first time i mean i i met the band badlands i went ray called me i was living in phoenix playing playing uh with George and Ray was playing Badlands was playing a club in Phoenix and Ray was like, Hey Aunt man, come on down, come to sound check. So I went to sound check to hang out and uh after that Ray went to go get tattoo. So I went to the tattoo parlor with Ray and I met JJ who later became the bass player in sight, the tattoo artist. And I met JJ, who's now a really dear friend of mine, through Ray. And uh, so uh, my introduction to the Badlands guys was definitely Ray. Yeah. Cool. And you mentioned before that you hadn't been, been doing any playing live since parting ways with, with Ace. Uh, what have you been up to these past two to three years? Um, well, the Ace thing kind of left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. Right. Um, the way it ended, the way it, the way it dissolved, I was kind of like shocked. And uh, so I really didn't want to play for a while. Um, I focused on my studio. Uh, I moved from New York out to a horse ranch in Pennsylvania, right above Gettysburg. And I had a studio in New York City for 15 years that we did some great stuff in. And when I moved out, I opened the studio on the ranch, and bands come and stay on the ranch and record with me. So I was basically focusing on producing and working in the studio, and um, everything from bands that have had multi-platinum albums prior to bands that are beginning new young bands. Like I'm in a really good band right now called uh, End of Silence, they who really good, really special. And, um, end of Silence? Sort of end of Silence, yeah, they're really neat. And uh, cool. I just, I'm mixing them right now. I did the band Tantric, uh, worked with them. Yeah. I uh, 
there was a great punkadary band that I did called the Martini Brothers. I did a record with them. And I, I just <clears throat> focused on that and bringing my stamp or my help or whatever I can do to, to, to new bands as well, young bands, to, to help them go to the next level, the next step, you know. So that's what I've been doing. I'm not really playing right. at all. Cool. Well, I mean, I that... practice. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, like a mountain of songs to learn from uh, from Greg and Bob Daisley, and you know, it's not your your easy day signs. <laughs> and and have is it too early to say like what your future will be with Red Dragon Cartel? You're obviously doing this this tour and these live dates, but do you expect that after that? You will continue with them, uh, possibly doing new music or more dates, or is it kind of like you're just coming in for these these dates that are coming up, and then we don't really know what's going on after that? Well, I don't look at it as a band, if that's what you're asking me. It's, yeah, it's, I guess that's what I'm asking. It, it's it's Jake. It's it, whatever he decides in whatever capacity he wants my involvement in or with. I, I'm there for him. I, I like him as a person, and I like him as a guitar player. So whatever, in whatever capacity he wants my involvement, I'll, I'll be there for him. Uh, I, I don't look at it as a band. I kind of look at it the same way as with Ace. It was a solo. It was a solo. It's a solo thing where when they're done with you, they can just you know be rid of you. You know, it's it's not like um. um as it should be, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to uh, Mark Tremonti during the 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 week, and uh, he mentioned the same thing about about Jake and just you know that we were we were talking about the the fact that Darren had left, and he said you know the the thing I would buy a ticket to see is Jake, and he's the he's no matter who's in the band, he's the one that I'm buying the ticket to see. So. I thought that was that exactly was like I don't look at it like I'm sure there'll be a few people hopefully that will come to see me and say hi. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't think you know what I mean, but I don't think it's, it's earth shattering. The, the name on the marquee is is Ace Frehley or Jakey Lee or and 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 rightfully so. You know, I, I'm there to as a support role for for them and to do my job as best as I can so that they can excel. And um, and deliver a great performance, and not ever have to worry about the other side of the stage, you know. Right, right. And I I would just say that as a fan of what you did back with Lynch Mob in the day, and you know throughout the years with with other bands, you know from Pisser to Ace Frehley, for me it's exciting uh, that you that you're in the band as as a fan, and and it would definitely be something you know i'm already excited always to to see and hear what jake is up to but i i think um that for some of the hardcore fans having you in the band is definitely a, a bonus and a plus well thank you very much and i mean uh the 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 response on facebook has been phenomenal and great and all these people chiming in and sort of saying such nice things about and you know it, i greg's a, a great bass player and uh, i'm honored to follow him in this, and I'm sorry that his situation didn't work out with Jake because I think the two of them play really well together. Um, but yeah, you I, know, it's with Greg. The one thing I, I did 
remember hearing an interview when when Greg and Jake were on the Eddie Trunk show and Greg really talked about his life and he sounded like he's kind of like this family guy and and he, you know he's 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 uh, got a lot going on with with kids and just family life and he's kind of been out of this whole rock and roll touring loop for a while so I, I think we can pretty much believe his, his press release that came out the other day that he's kind of leaving to go back to that life, you know, and, and he's had a real fun, fun ride with it. Um, is that the vibe you got? Well, I, I'm not going to speak for Greg. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what the situation or what made his decision to come about or whatever. Um, all, all I know is he's a, he's a great guy as well, and he's a great player. And uh, Jake and him have history that, that definitely has credibility to it. And I, I respect him as a, as a musician. And it's his life. It's his decision. And, and, you know, you have to live your own life and make your own choices in life. And I'm excited because Jake and my son became really good friends when they were working on the Red Dragon record. And, um, and... Tyler, my son's actually going to come out on tour with us oh, and, nice. and, and, and be the guitar tech for Jake and, and myself. So that's kind of an awesome thing for me to be on a bus with my son. I get to share his first barbecue with him. You know, I remember cool. my first barbecue was the Wicked Sensation tour. Right. And the first time you go out on the road and you're traveling with the tour bus and the fans and, the, and just moving air every night playing, you know, loud and in front of people and experiencing that from even a, a, a tech standpoint, you know, on the side of the stage, it's a great thing. And I get to get out with my son, which is really special. And I thank Kate for making that happen, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So, and now, so is your son living out in Las Vegas, I assume? No, he was. He was in Las Vegas. And then he actually moved out to Pennsylvania. Um, he, he's an engineer as well. And he works at my studio as well as uh, he moved into the house. And he's been out here since September, which is great. I get to see him a lot. And my daughter's going to school in, uh, in Manhattan, and I, I see her. Oh, wow. Whenever I go in, into town, back into New York, see my mom and my daughter and, and work. I, I, I work in there frequently as well. Cool. And I know you. last time I spoke with you, which was, I guess, a while ago, last time I spoke with you on the podcast, that is, uh, you were doing right. work with Rob Bailey and, and Frank Ferrer. Um, what happened with that? Just, I guess, I'm assuming, being that you were out in Pennsylvania, <laughs> it was probably a little hard to get together with them on a regular basis. No, that was that definitely wasn't the case. It had nothing to do with geography. Um, it was just a difference of opinions and... Uh, directions on where the where the band should go and and how we should approach our careers and oh, okay. uh, it wasn't and it, it was it's done uh it, it was weird because frank was in guns and Roses and we had fortis for a while and he was in guns and then we had bumblefoot and he was in guns and then um we got bailey and it, it's one of those things where I was in Ace, and we only played like two shows a year. So I think I was in the band on and off for like 10 years or so. And I think we probably only played like 15 or 20 shows right. in the course of 10 years. And uh, I loved playing in that band. It was a lot of fun. And, and I, I really loved playing live. And Frank is 
Frank's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite drummers to play with. But it just came to a point where I wanted to do something and they wanted to do something else and uh, we didn't agree. And I was just like, okay, good luck. You know, knock yourself out. And when you say so, you wanted to do something, they wanted to do something else, you're specifically talking about like musical direction? No, the musical direction for Pisser was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really mess with, you know, like that early Stooges, ACDC, Aerosmith blend. And Coast is a phenomenal frontman for that kind of stuff. And it was just a, a different set of opinions on a few issues. Right. And uh, I chose to, I, I, we all mutually, I, I was just, I'm out. And, and they were like, you're welcome back whenever you want to. And I'm like, no, I'm, I've, seen this movie before and uh, I'm not I'm not gonna relive this movie. And uh so that was it. No I'm, I'm not gonna ever go back to that thing ever again. That was, right. that was that's done. I invested enough time. We started a record we started doing a CD and, and while we were recording just issues kind of popped up and stuff in there and uh they weren't handled the, the way that I would have liked them to be handled. So I was just okay. I'm right. Gone. <laughs> and when when was when did all this go down? Was this fairly recently, well, or like a year ago? Recording, or? We started recording the record a year ago, you know, and uh, it happened over like the last summer. It just sort of went away. You know, there's been all so, these rumors about Guns and Roses, and if Guns and Roses even exists anymore. And you know, you mentioned all these guys that were in and out of Pisser who who were in that band. I, what, what's your opinion on where Guns N' Roses stands now? Do you believe I mean, Guns that... Guns N' Roses is the same... It, it, it's a name. I think it's Axl Rose as a solo artist, and whatever Axl wants to do with it, it's his choice, it's his decision. I don't think that necessarily that's really a band. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think... Uh, a good portion of the musicians that are in it played on Chinese democracy even. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think a Axel has definitely earned the right to make whatever decision he chooses to do. It's his career, and if he wants to play, he plays. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't. If he wants to record, he does. You know, it's. Uh, I look at that as a solo, solo thing with a, with a lot of people on stage. Yeah, I mean, there's been all these rumors recently that maybe that version of the band doesn't even exist anymore, and there's also been rumors that Slash and Axel are at least on finally on talking terms again. So I don't know. We'll have to, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, well, that's the reunion the whole world wants to see, and I would think that it would have to be Slash, Izzy, Duff, and Axel, and I don't know who they would get to play drums. Right. Um, but I think those four guys would definitely have to be involved in it. And I think that that's the reunion that everyone wants to see. And that's like you're talking a stadium tour. You're not even talking arenas. Yeah. Like that would be like a Stones reunion kind of thing or, or a Kiss reunion kind of That would be mega huge for rock. It would probably be what rock really needs right now is a good that would I would love to hear a new record with those guys. Yeah, well, you you and I both definitely. Well, I guess we'll yeah, just have sure. To, sure, the world would. <laughs> we'll have to wait. But and... I mean, you know, it's it's. I don't think. I think it's a solo act, though. I don't really think many of people that go to see 
that band would choose not to go see them if any member but Axel wasn't in it anymore. Right, right. Well, as far as the A stuff goes, I know most you've said a lot of stuff in the press about the way things ended there, and you know, unfortunately, I love A's. I yeah. mean, actually, it's really funny that you said that because, like, I literally texted him two nights ago. I was driving in the car, and Detroit Rock City came on, and I saw that as a sign. Hey, I'm going to text. And I was right. just, I just texted him. It's like, Poppy, how you doing, man? I miss you, bro. I hope you're well. And he texted me within seconds. I got the response. Cool. And he's like, you know, I heard you guys got another snowstorm out there. I was like, you just gotten hit with that snowstorm. Right. It snowed again this morning. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an immediate thing, and it was just, hey, how you doing? Oh, I miss you. You know that kind of thing. I mean, we were, we were friends. I mean, we were, we were. We were bros. We were friends for a yeah. while. And, uh, I mean, you know, I miss him. I miss him as a friend. You know, you know, I like, I like being around him. So, but, you know, that was once again his decision. And I'm sure that all the ace fans are not gonna not go to his show because I'm not playing bass. You know what I mean? But right. It's ace freely. You know, I, I'm, I'm just the bass guy that was there for a little bit. I mean, I just think I'm incredibly fortunate to have played. Like, I don't know how. <laughs> I'm like, my son and I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, how did I get like to play with George and Ace and and Jay? All these great guitar players. I'm like, I, I just I scratch my head. I'm just thankful, thankful to God. I mean, I, I I've been blessed and lucky and and get get good gigs. I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania. It's, you know, my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm walking sunset to get gigs, you know? And, uh, I, I just, I, I just, I'm thankful for, for everything that I've gotten to do and be involved in, you know, the anomaly record I'm proud of. I'm really proud of Wicked Sensation. I think that was, it had that record come out two or three years earlier, not the same years, never mind. I think, yeah. you know, that record got a lot more, you know, a lot more people would have. Oh, it's gotten, such a great record. Such a great record. For, yeah. But, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm excited and ho hopefully Jake will, will ask me to play or be involved in the next Red Dragon Cartel record or whatever he chooses to call it or if he even does another record. I don't know. Right. But um, if I'm if I'm involved in it, I would love I would love to be involved in it and, and to be on a record with Jake forever. That will always be exist. That would be just uh, make me really happy, you know. Absolutely, Anthony, and, and thanks so much for coming on Talking Metal and and sharing the news about your uh, your joining up with Jake for the Red Dragon Cartel uh, tour. That's that's going to be starting when soon, right? Yeah, I have to learn new songs. <laughs> I, think, I think I have to go to Florida on April 14th. I have like 15 songs to learn, so I better get better get busy on this. I actually just painted the floor in my studio. <laughs> right. I need to get get busy on it. But thank you so much for for having me on your show, and and I appreciate it. And and uh, and uh, just I want to say hi. To all my friends and my fans that hopefully I'll get to see them soon with Jake on the road and uh, 
and say hi. Definitely come up and say hi. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thank you, Mark. Have a great one.
What you just heard was my interview with Anthony Esposito. That was coming out of the interview, shouted out by Red Dragon Cartel, Anthony's band that he is currently in. He just joined them. So let's keep the rock and roll going here. We will hit a little new UFO with Run Boy Run is the name of the track. Buy it on iTunes. And then we'll hear from Rob DeLuca.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and joining us, I believe, for the first time is Rob DeLuca, who we have known through the years through Spread Eagle, Sebastian Bach, uh, UFO, uh, and, and a lot of other things. And Rob, thanks for joining us on Talking Metal. My pleasure, Mark. Good to be here. I think this is the first time. Yeah, well, it's, it's about time, and I'm glad we're finally connecting. Uh, I don't want to... You know, get too bummed out here right at the beginning of the interview, but I thought, you know, maybe we should talk about AJ Perro, being that you're a New York guy and, and, and he was a New York guy. Do you, did you have any dealings with him through the years? No, I've, I've never met him, and um, I think I only did two shows with Twisted uh, playing in Sebastian Bach's band. Um, so I don't really know him, but he was a powerful drummer, and he was obviously very loved by a lot of people. And it, it's sad, 55, I mean, even 65 is ridiculously young to die, but 55 is just crazy. And uh, it's very sad, and, you know, my my condolences go out to his family and his band, and, you know, it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I thought maybe you maybe played more gigs than that with him being that you were uh, such a, a big part of the scene back in the you know late 80s early 90s but it's it's you know i guess new york's a big place and you don't always cross paths with uh, everybody in the scene yeah cool so let's talk about the song that you sent me the video for which is by your project which i guess i would kind of call progressive psychedelic of earth Let's just, uh, for the listeners who don't know much about this project, can you fill us in on what Of Earth is all about? Well, it's a New York City band that I sing and play bass for. And um, I've been in all these pretty heavy bands. Uh, not, you know, not black metal or anything like that, but I've played a lot of heavy stuff. And... I'm a rock guy. I'm a classic rock guy at heart. That's that's what I was brought up on. And this is kind of kind of a little bit more ethereal classic rock. You know, a lot of keyboards. Definitely in the vein of like a, a Pink Floyd or or something like a, a British '70s British kind of template. Um, and it's I just love it because it gets it's it's a muscle that I get to flex that I don't flex as much in other bands you know it's it can be dreamy at times it can be it's incredibly dynamic and it's also very very powerful but some of the power comes in different ways than than the obvious massive guitars which it which it does have at times um plenty of times but sometimes when you get into huge dynamic sweeps you can you can be heavy in other ways and that's what i enjoy about this band um it, it can be very delicate and still be really heavy because because of the way it's constructed. And uh, we're getting really great reactions to it. I've actually had the band together for a long time, and I, as soon as I get home from touring with anyone else, I, I start to work. Um, I go right to work on Other Earth uh, when I'm not busy with one of my other projects. And uh, we're getting good reactions. The video was picked uh, in Classic Rock Magazine as, as this the track of the week, and that's the third one we've had picked as the track of the week in Classic Rock Magazine, which is a big deal. So, um, you know, it's it's on there online. If, if anyone wants to check it out, stream it, download it for free, it's uh, otherbandcamp.com. 
Cool. And when you say uh, downloaded for free, you're talking just about the specific song, Sweep the Fire, or is that the whole record? Uh, two records, actually. You'll find you'll find um, two records at, on our Bandcamp page that you can download for free, or you can pay whatever you want, whatever, or you can just listen to it, stream it, whatever you whatever you like. Excellent. Our main focus is just to be heard, primarily. So. And the latest record, the sophomore album, is the Monarch. Who actually is playing in the band with you? Who worked on the record with you, producer-wise? Can you give us a rundown of of who's involved with? of earth on the uh the album the Mar monarch well i produce it and i co-engineer it with a guy named tom camuso who won a grammy for album of the year a couple years ago um and in the band is paul casanova on guitars and he also does some singing with me my cousin rick deluco on drums who also plays in spread eagle and rick chorello on keyboards Excellent. And we will link it through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. We'll link right over Thank to you. the Bandcamp page so all you listeners can, can check out Of Earth with with Rob DeLuca. Uh, you just wrapped up a tour with UFO in Europe. How did that go for you? It was great because, you know, when you we, we tour quite a bit, but when you have a record to promote, it's always a little more exciting. It's always kind of like, one level up in intensity so um so the, the the reactions the reviews for the record have been amazing which is really exciting and and thrilling so it was a great tour it was a really great tour and we're we have a few weeks off and then we're going right back to the uk to start another tour cool and the ufo record which came out fairly recently i guess less less than a month ago right is a conspiracy yes, of stars and are you yeah. featuring a lot of new material in the set list yeah we're do, we're throwing around about four songs right now um in and out of the set and uh i think i think there's four maybe five might be five but they're, we're not playing them all at once yet we may but we're interchanging them depending on the night and uh so yeah it's it's the material's gone over really well live, and it, it's a blast, you know. It's important to, to release new music, you know. Like, of course we're going to play the hits, you know, of course. But it's just, you know, to, to do that year in and year out without any additions would be a little strange. And I know some bands do that, and that's fine for them, but it's great that we're not doing that. It's it's really exciting. And I was reading when you guys recorded this record, A Conspiracy of Stars, you actually were working out ideas and, and doing some songwriting all together in one room. This wasn't just like a long-distance thing where you were trading files back and forth. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And, I mean, I think in, in just before you record or in the studio, people usually get together. Um, not always, though. Uh, and actually, often, I take back, usually. Often they don't, but sometimes they do. But we went way beyond that. We played for a full week in Hanover, Germany, uh, just at the, the, incep the inception of this whole process where we were just throwing around ideas. And then when we had them solidified uh, about a month later or so, we did pre-production in Kent, uh, England, and that was for like another week. So we really spent a lot of time like 
old school as a band in a room working on ideas. So um, I think it made a huge difference in the record. Uh, it really sounds different from from their previous records, which which are good records, but it's just there's a different sound on this, and I think that playing together, that comfortability has a lot to do with it. Excellent, definitely, definitely. And as far as some of your your other bands go, Sebastian Bach, nothing really going on right this moment. Well, I think he's doing some touring, but uh, I'm going to UK with with UFO to promote the record. So, um, you know, I'll probably be with him down the road, uh, but at the moment, I'm not, and uh, I'm st I still have Spread Eagle together, and. Um, you know, it's tough because, you, you know, you have all these things and you, you try to fit everything in, but they're all alive. <laughs> right. Nothing is dead. So, um, you know, I can't wait to do some Spread Eagle shows also because that's a great band, really great band. Ray West is, is still a great singer. And, uh, you know, so I'm keeping busy. Absolutely. And would you ever consider releasing new music with Spread Eagle? I would love to. It's just really hard to get to it um, because it's get, it's hard to just get to doing shows with, with Spread because I'm kind of busy. Um, yeah. And it, it makes total sense to release new music with Spread, and it would be great. But um, And we actually have a few songs, but wow. we haven't gotten to – we haven't gotten them finished and to recording them yet. And would you want to do a full record, or would you consider just releasing some songs here and there? I think I would love to do a full record, but I think at this time, it's it's not on the immediate horizon. So I would say it would be nice to just get some songs together for, for an EP or something. Cool. And who are you listening to right now? Are there any new bands that have uh, piqued your interest, or any classic bands that you've rediscovered lately? I listen to a lot of Deftones. I think they're, in my opinion, the, one of the best metal bands out there. I mean, but metal is so diverse, it's it's yeah. hard to, to say that, you know, because there's bands in metal that are nothing like the Deftones. So, but for for me, uh, they're, they're one of my favorites, if not my favorite, uh, of bands that are putting out new records. And, um, I listen to, to their last two records constantly still. Really? Um, yeah, I think their writing stuff is, is great. It's their, you know, classic period of, you know, when they were younger. Um, I really like the new Stephen Wilson LP, the, the guy from Porcupine Tree. Right. Uh, it's a really good disc and uh, really beautiful and melodic. Um, and um, other than that, Hmm. You know, let, let, keep asking questions, and I'm sure something will pop up. <laughs> I have a I have a a time sensor on things, so it'll take it'll take me a few seconds. But uh, I'm sure something else will pop up that I've been listening to. Right on. And as far as writing new music, you know, you mentioned we were talking about the UFO record, and uh, you know, and all fresh, brand new music of Earth. You're writing music with them and, and releasing music. Is is it frustrating to you that the music itself doesn't generate the source of income for you or for just musicians in general? 
uh, like it used to. Does that affect the creative process at all? It doesn't affect the creative process at all for me, but it is absolutely frustrating and it's sad because, you know, every industry deserves revenue, you know, to sustain it, to, to, to help it to sustain or, or to make it grow. And, you know, living through the the industry, the changes in the industry, it's it's sad. I mean, maybe days of, you know, bands selling 10, 15 million records, it could be argued that that's exorbitant, that it was just, you know, over the top and a, and a bubble that needed to burst. And and I wouldn't even argue with that if, if someone had that opinion. Um, that's their opinion. But also the complete opposite of, you know, a, a really great band selling, you know, a thousand records or two thousand records. You know, that's, it's sad. And um, it's sad that younger people don't pay for music and that people like me have to cater to those people and give it away free. Um, and I, I think also something that might not be talked about as much is I think a lot of music doesn't sound like it's valuable. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of digital music where it's digital in every part of the process where it's recorded digitally, transferred digitally, released digitally, it's, it's, there's a sound to it that is like it just isn't as pleasing sounding as like when you put on an old Steely Dan LP. It's right. like a blanket. Yeah, it's like a blanket that that wraps around you, like uh, the song uh, "Dirty Work" by 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 Steely Dan. If you put that on, it's it's like a warm coat in the winter, and it sounds so good to your ears. And digital music, I'm not saying it all sounds horrible. I'm just saying it all has this percentage of this quality that your ears don't embrace, that my ears don't embrace. Yeah, and. I'd say that different bands have different amounts of that quality. Um, and I think it's, it's it's maybe one of the reasons why people don't value it as much. I could be crazy, but uh, I feel that way sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's like when I was younger, the, the whole experience of listening to an LP was just all-consuming you know we I'd go into my room I'd shut the door I'd pull out the vinyl I'd set it on the on the turntable drop the needle and just you know maybe zone off into the album cover artwork and it just seems nowadays that whole concept for most younger people is, is non-existent uh, you know it's just something they consume maybe on the go on their uh, with their earbuds you know and and while they're doing something else um, do you think there's hope that maybe sometime in the future it could turn back to a more all-consuming listening experience for younger people? I hope so. It's hard to say. Um, maybe not because the world has changed, people change, but I hope so. But regardless, I think the start would be to make music that sounds like it's worth your time right. to, to, to listen to a whole record and your your you know your money to to sustain the music industry and have people pay for music, um, and I you know I my my contribution to that would be recording to, to two inch tape on an analog 
recording console. That's what I do. And uh, it still gets transferred, you know, to digital mediums. Like, you know, when you, if if you go to our Bandcamp page, you know, you're downloading digital tracks. But at least at some point of the process, and and at an important part of the process, it was analog and warm. And uh, I think that helps a a little bit. Uh, And I hope it comes back to that experience because it's a wonderful experience. It's like reading, it's like not reading a whole book, you know, and there might be parts of a book that are not the most intense parts of the book, but they, but they are dynamic to the most intense parts of the book. They help the, the most intense parts of the book. And if you're just listening to the, to the single of an album, it's like, you know, it's like reading the the end of a book, <laughs> you know, yeah. without the, without the lead up to it to know why that that last chapter is so intense or why it's so ironic or whatever, you know. So I do hope that people uh, go back to that experience, and, and I hope that of Earth Records that that I'm releasing and the UFO Records are an experience like that. If you if you take the time to do it, to to you know to listen. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we can assume the Of Earth stuff, uh, you know, on the sophomore record, The Monarch, was recorded on two-inch tape originally? Yes, yes, yes. Both albums. Wow, cool. Very cool. Anyways. On a vintage need board, which your listeners may not know what that is, but that's like like the analog Rolls Royce. (laughs) Right, okay. And the board itself adds to the the sound. It, it, and technically, why why is that for for somebody who maybe doesn't understand uh, the the science behind a mixing board? How does you know you have the two inch tape, which makes sense. It's this analog uh, component, but but how does the board actually add to the sound of the recording? It's the same concept as the tape. It's 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 a signal that it's passing through that makes it warm because it's analog it's, it's much warmer um process the transferring process than if it was going to to digital wow. so it's it's basically the same concept with a, a completely different component but if you're getting more things along the route along the pathway that make it warm then when you do transfer to digital because everyone has to do that to release it on online um when you do transfer it, at least you have all those warm things within the path helping it sound, you know, not as, as nasty to your ears. Right. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Anyways, Rob, thank you so much for talking with us today on Talking Metal. We're going to have, again, links up to uh, UFO, to Of Earth uh, in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And, uh, yeah, come back anytime. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. Digging the trinkets from the shelters. No more dirt on our faces. We come out of the night and into the light.
What you just heard was Rob DeLuca's band, Of Earth. The song was Sweep the Fire. We'll have links over to the Bandcamp page where you can buy that in today's show notes. And links to uh, all things Rob is up to. So go to TalkingMetal.com, visit the show notes for this episode, and you will find all those links. Support what Anthony and Rob are doing. Anthony Esposito, that is, and Rob DeLuca. And if you see them out on the road, let them know you heard their interview with uh, Mark Striegel on Talking Metal. Guys, I really want to give you a big thanks for supporting what I do here with the podcast. I'm still on the season 14 run here of That Metal Show. I'm now hosting an online show called That Metal Gear on VH1.com. Definitely go check that out. It's also on YouTube. And uh, it's just been a blast working on on that metal show with Don, uh, Jim, and Eddie. A lot of great stuff on YouTube.com slash that metal show. A lot of bonus content and stuff. So definitely check that page out. Guys, thanks so much. I will talk to you next time. That's it. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.